The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. The Sun Ranto Show is brought to you by all of our Patreon subscribers. Uh, find out how you can get early and ad-free listening for only $1 a month, $12 a year, by subscribing. You get your own RSS feed at patreon.com slash sunranto when you sign up today. Access to all of our show notes. And hey, you know, then we can spend the money on tickets and beer and send people like Johnny Onomatopoeia to the World Series and Crawley, Michael, and I to ball games next year. It's a great, great deal, and you should be a part of it. Patreon.com slash sunranto. But since you're not a Patreon subscriber where you can get early and completely ad-free listening, here's a quick ad for my bookie, our sponsor. Now, I don't know about you guys, but for me, a game is 10 times more exciting when I'm putting my money on it. Sometimes I have a gut feeling about a matchup, and sometimes I'm just betting on my team because they're my team. Regardless, whether you've been betting for years or you're ready to play for the first time, my bookie is your best bet this season. Now, if you're the kind of guy who likes to bet a little and win a lot, try a parlay. For instance, if you like a couple of big favorites in the week, parlays are perfect because they let you bet multiple games together for a much, much bigger payout. If you're going to bet this season, do the smart thing. Go to mybookie.ag because no one gives you more ways to win. Pro football, college football, MLB playoffs are going on right now. Well, the World Series and both hockey and basketball coming around. Now is the time to get off the sidelines and in on the action. So support your team this season by not sitting on the sidelines and get in the game with mybookie.ag. Join right now and mybookie is going to double your first deposit. Promo code is CHAIR. C-H-A-I-R. It activates the offer. That's promo code CHAIR. Double your cash. Visit mybookie.ag today. Play, win, get paid. Covey blue blood flowing through our veins. Sitting in the bleachers in the rain. We've shed a million tears and drank as many old style beers out at the game. Let's go, Cubby Sunrento. Michael Cotton. Sunrento. Michael Cotton. Sunrento and the lovable Lucy. Lucho Scali. Sunrento. Michael. Sunrento. Cotton. Sunrento and the lovable Lucy. Michael Cotton. Sunrento. Lucho Scali. about robot style sorry i'm not done oh well here we are boys the big news of the offseason well it's not quite the offseason for some teams like the washington johnnies but um for the cubs it's the offseason and it's the first big news of the offseason i'd say and uh david ross is the new manager but uh first i'd like to welcome to the show creepy crawlies hiding under rocks and creepy crawlies living in a tree How's your tree? My tree is good, man. And of course, the whole gang is here. And I'm dating Rocket. I'm not going to play my song because it's very egotistical. (laughs) Hey, David Ross, first reaction, Michael. Yay, nay. Meh. Literally just a meh. Crawley? I'm fine with it. It wasn't my first choice, but it's not like it's a bad choice either. Yeah, that's... So we, so we all feel the same way. The Sun Ranto show that you look to for hot takes and knee-jerk reactions is just going, eh. <laughs> Well, here's the thing, Danny, is that, you know, I remember last year, uh, you know, after the they lost game 163 and then the wild card, uh, we had this big raging Theo speech about how there was going to be differences and the offense was going to be different and everything was going to be different. And all they did was get Daniel Descalso and uh, fired Chili Davis. Oh, he no, he was different, all right. <laughs> right. So that was the big differences, you know, in a year where you could have gotten Machado, in a year that you could have gotten uh, Harper. The big move was getting Daniel Descalso. So now we get to the end of 2019. Well, to, well, and to be the- fair, Crawley, they had never tried having a bench player that couldn't play baseball very well 
for the it last was, five years. It had been a while since we had done that, maybe 13, 14. It was experimental, I'll give you that. But at the same time, you know, here we are in 2019 and we're talking about winner's traps and we're talking about moving away from 2016 and, uh, you know, kind of falling in love with your own players and then all of a sudden you kind of do this. It's like, okay, well, all right. It doesn't, it doesn't seem to gel, right? Those two concepts, it's almost like saying that we want shorter baseball games and more offense. It's just like the two ideas don't go together. Yeah, like, they bro- sound okay when you don't think about how they react with the other idea. Right. You know, like if, if you just say, oh, I want games to be shorter, sure, that's fine. Oh, I want more offense. Well, sure, that's fine. That's good. <laughs> yeah. But you can't put them both in the same room together because then they'll just fight with each other. I mean, to be fair, if you only hit home runs, the offense doesn't take that much time. As, as long as like nobody's hot-dogging it around the bases. Like George well, Springer, right. <laughs> who hit a long ass fucking double. That you know, though, I'm sure at some point somebody would challenge it, and then we'd have to fucking spend 20 minutes like looking to see if it went <laughs> over the wall or did a fan know. interfere. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, I mean, they a spot had a second interview. I think that was all of our choice in a way. Just you know, for the reason of getting a little bit. Uh, you, you Crawley, you talked a lot on the last show about fresh eyes, getting fresh eyes in there. We saw them shuffling the deck chairs on that Titanic by McLeod moving over, and then all the the internal kind of movement that they had from some of the scouting and, um, uh, you know, the the minor league coordinating uh, angles, all the, the hires, the nerds, the nerds. We already talked about it. But um, this is just more the same of that. And I don't know, it, like, is this, is was it, I mean, they already did what they did, but Espada was our choice because he would have been a fresh-eyed guy. Now, here's the thing. David Ross comes in. Is he going to get to choose his own bench coach now? Are they going to keep Loretta up in there? Because he's already kind of a company man. Uh, Does Loretta want to stay, though, if (laughs) he took the man? Like, he tried to become the manager. They said no. I don't know. I think he could get a job somewhere else. To me, it's almost like if you were to invite your fiance's ex boyfriend to a wedding, you're just kind of like, nah, it just doesn't work out, man. You know? <laughs> Actually, it, to uh, be fair, I've been to many weddings of my of your exes, of my exes. I guess not ex fiance, but yeah, it's it's kind of just you know a little bit weird because he was going for that job and he didn't get it. Um, here's the thing, you know, and and as we kind of talk about you know what we like and what we don't like about these guys. Uh, you know, Loretta right now is interviewing for the Padres job. He's one of the top candidates for the Padres opening. Um, but you know, what, what are, what are the faults of David Ross that we all know about? We, we talked about, you know, the eyes, right? Uh, <laughs> yes. He has shitty eyes. Yeah. The guy that. can't see anymore. <laughs> yeah. They've been the hiding other, it for years. But again, the other thing that comes <laughs> down to is, uh, inexperience you know what i mean and i know yeah. some people don't think that that's a big deal but i don't discount it either you know and 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 he's never done any at any level so i mean i i kind of talked about it today on twitter a little bit you know who who would be a good bench coach i don't think that ross is going to choose his staff i think this is going to be a collaborative effort but i think you're going to kind of look at somebody um who's had experience doing it that's not a threat to, to you know I heard a lot of people saying, let's get Ross and Espada. Well, no, that's not going to work. You know, no, one guy's no. always looking over their shoulder. That oh, no. Stuff. no. I, I posted that on uh, as a Cubspiracy yesterday on Twitter <laughs> that uh, the Ricketts were going to hire a home manager and an away manager. Yeah. R- Ross Spada. <laughs> they just called R- R- Ross just Ross is the away manager, travels with the team, keep them under control, and Espada stays with them, stays at home and gets ready for the Wrigley games. A, a guy that did talk about the potential of two managers was actually uh, Steve Stone was bringing it up, how there is the in-game managing and the uh, and the analytics part of it, and there's also the clubhouse and the atmosphere part of it. And, and Stone predicts that one day some team may be you know, going with two managers like that. Well, I, it, I think that is already there. It's called your bench coach. It's called the College of Coaches 1962. Right. No, no, I, I I agree with Stoney, but I think he's missing that it's already happening. There's already somebody like that 
in these organizations. They're just not called a manager. Um, you know, there's, there's guys that run the analytics and then they take all that stuff out there to the manager and the manager is supposed to use it to make his decisions. Um, you know, and then the bench coach is supposed to kind of, it's supposed to be like the good cop, bad cop sort of thing. Like one of them keeps them under control. One of them's their buddy, but all of that is already in those clubhouses. It's not like there's only, it's not like little league where there's just one coach. Well, didn't and, it, we just had this. Like, Joe Madden's the fun guy. Hey, let's wear Batman costumes and get on a plane. And Mark Loretta, when he was interviewed for the part uh, of manager, he was like, yeah, we got to get a little bit more serious, more practice, fielding drills. You know, like, he already That's was why that he didn't guy. get the job. He spent 20 minutes talking about how he would not allow any more uh, petting zoos or costumes. <laughs> yeah, and no more bounce houses. I won't stand for it. <laughs> Uh, yeah. I will say though, can we all agree how happy we are that the job did not go to Joe Girardi? Oh yeah, oh yeah, yes. and it looks like he's going to get the Phillies job. So one hard ass to another hard ass. Like, oh my god, yeah, that's uh, that's Good luck. a little ridiculous. Good luck. Okay, well, you know, real quick, let's in order to kind of get through this talking about uh, Ross. You know, I said I said that we should come up with at least one thing for each why we like the hiring, and then why we dislike the hiring. Yeah, but we're not going to do that, Michael. No, we're not? No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. We can, oh, do, we can do whatever you want. It. It's your show, too. I'm just saying, you know, instead of just kind of rambling on, let's let's talk about this. Like, what is good? Are you on the Danny, sun, right? Don't you know how we run this show? What do you think is good about this hiring? What do I think is good? Well, I mean, this is going to be very unpopular. But, uh, you know, I am one of the, the fucking idiots who didn't think it mattered who was president. And I wrote in David Ross for president on my ballot because we had just won the World Series. So that's how much I love David Ross. And uh, and now I realize what an asshole I am for doing that. But um, now that everybody's uh, cursed my name and turned off the show. Um, it didn't matter in Illinois. No, it didn't. It didn't. But still, it's an asshole thing to do. And I'll never let my vote not count again. <laughs> I just probably will forget that it's voting day. But... Uh, no, I th- I think that the thing that I like about it is that it's the non-Girardi. That they didn't decide to go a completely different direction and be like, okay, now now here's the uh, general from or the, the drill instructor from Full Metal Jacket, you know, who's going to come in here, make you stand at attention, no more beer, you know what I mean? Like, shave those sideburns mattingly. I'm glad they didn't go that way. I don't think, I don't know, but I don't think Joe Espada was that guy. Um, But at least Ross isn't that guy. I mean, obviously he already has relationships with all these players. That, you know, is a good thing usually. I think it just goes against a little bit what, you know, they said in the past. Or this at, at the presser. You know, just like, we need to move on, winner's trap, blah, blah, blah. And maybe it's not a good thing that they're not going to see something new because it's like I I used to teach a lot of music lessons and I'd have a student for like two three years and I know that they liked me as a teacher and stuff but there's many students that I told to move on and, okay so this is why else. you're saying you don't like the hiring is it's kind of moving backwards a little bit yeah I mean it's it's living in the past like hey let's go on the the roof of Murphy's and sing with shirtless Travis Vest. Is he going to come back as pitching coach too? Or maybe he should be a uh, outfield coach because he he <laughs> right. certainly can catch one ball up against the Ivy. But I don't know. It's just, you know, I I love David Ross. I voted for him. <laughs> you know, like I I just don't know if that's exactly the culture you want to stick with for these last 2 years. So that's what I one thing I like. How about how about you? And I kind of countered it with things I didn't like, but. Right. Um, no, I mean, wh- what I like about the hiring is he is, he has stayed a part of the organization. So he knows what's going on. Like he's, he's familiar with everything. He's still familiar with, uh, you know, not just the players that he was with, but with the players that are already there. And maybe he's got some, you know, maybe he does have some really good ideas about, what he what he sees could 
you know, make the difference? I mean, because he's he's he, so familiar with them. He knows that there are extra packets of mayonnaise and mustard in the butter drawer in the clubhouse refrigerator. Like this is how familiar David Ross is with how things go down with this. Right, team. but he may not have felt like. Like, he may not have been in there telling Joe, hey, Joe, you need to do this, you need to do that. But in his own mind, he might have been sitting there for the last, uh, you know, three years, like, yeah, I would do this or I would do that or I would, you know what I mean? Like, Espada has not had that, right? Espada has not been thinking about the Cubs for the last three years, whereas uh, David Ross might have. And I think that's a positive. I think yeah. maybe he's seen what's going on. He's he's seen the heights, and he's seen them go down. And being so familiar with what has happened, maybe he does have that like magic thing that's going to well, you know turn it around. Grandpa Rossi, magic grandpa. Uh, what do you like about it, Crawley? Uh, he's a he's a natural born leader. Uh, you know, you, most of us are old enough to remember when Joe Girardi was the was the catcher for the Cubs, and even back then, everybody knew he was one of those natural born leaders that was eventually going to get a coaching job. Uh, that was known about Ross from the moment. You know, for for many years, people said when this guy's done, he's going to be a coach. So this is it, and I think that the trend has changed last year, where experience. A lot of people don't think that's as necessary anymore. Um, he has the respect of the players, and he doesn't have to build. A lot of relationships. I think they said roughly around you're going to have 10 players from the 2016 team roughly still on there. That can go a little bit up, a little bit down. But those are people he doesn't have to make relationships with. They're already built in. So he can right away get in the face of somebody and, uh, you know, still know that, hey, I love you, but I'm telling you how this is how it's going to be. Um, as far as dislikes, you know, fresh out of eyes, we talked about zero managerial experience. Um, you know, and, and, and I, like I said, with the experience, I think to me, if you get a good bench coach, that kind of alleviates some of those issues that you don't have to go through the learning curve that comes with being a first year manager. Yeah. Well, you know, and so you guys both given your dislikes, I didn't, but my, uh, my dislike kind of goes with what Crawley and I have both said that he already has these relationships with some of these players. I think that might hinder this growth process because he may not want to trade some of these guys, especially like a Contreras who being a catcher coming up, you know, Contreras coming up with Rossi already there and working with them. He may not want to pull that trigger on that guy. Or well, That's a good a, point, but maybe that's why partly why they got him. It's because, right, because he doesn't want to get yeah. rid of these guys. And, I mean, and I think so, whereas – my positive is that he may have that certain something to turn this whole thing around. The negative is he may have that certain something that keeps them right where they're at and won't, he won't want these guys to go away and, you know, maybe miss out on some of the trades that are possibly out there. When we look at this though, I think the role of manager has changed from when we grew up. It used to be, Front office got players, manager did what they had to do, and that was that. Whereas I think it's a lot more of a collaborative effort now. Yeah, they, they try and to so, create a synergy. Up, right, and, and so throughout and I the think organization. That's, where, that's where things kind of went south with, south with Joe, is that, that relationship between management and uh, Joe. You know, and Joe's maybe a little bit more, I don't want to say he's old school because he still does a lot of new school stuff, but I think sometimes when you have those managers, they kind of have this idea, I'm the manager, and I think that as far as Ross is concerned, he may have input on player movement, but ultimately that's going to come down to the front office. They'll take, they'll take uh, information from Ross and they'll, they'll value his opinion, but at the end, it's the front office that still has to get the players to get rid of him. Right, but we know, we know Theo is already in love with these guys. Like He doesn't want to trade anybody. And if he goes to Ross and says, what do you think about this trade? And Ross says, nope, I want to keep my guy. Theo is going to be like, sweet, me too. Exactly. He's like, he's like, we were just up all night listening to 10. And um, <laughs> then Eddie came over and he played it on acoustic. Uh, I mean, the, the, here's we all love Grandpa Rossi. I think we'll all have fun with the idea that he's back. It's nice to have a beloved manager. In many ways, he doesn't uh, deserve 
Uh, I saw Brett Taylor tweet this out, and um, it's something. It was like in the middle of a string of tweets about it. But he said, you know, Grandpa Rossi doesn't necessarily deserve like the cuddly, affectionate grandpa guy who we got at the end, like because he really was a tough as nails catcher, and he's a catcher, which I think we all agree makes the best manager because they're the field manager in many respects. So I mean. He he was a tough as nails player and a hell of a good player too. I mean, obviously didn't couldn't hit his weight. Usually, well, I mean, but. come on, David Ross is the most famous backup catcher in the history of the game. I mean, it's yeah. it's kind of it's almost ridiculous that he has such a hero worship thing well, going on I mean, in Chicago. And, and now we don't have to worry about him as a player because, uh, I mean, he's really worth only 10.2 war, you know, by those metrics in his whole career, Over his career, his entire career. So it's not, but it, we're not, uh, we're not discussing that, but um, here, here's the bad part for David Ross though. We could be witnessing the very beginning of David Ross going from hero to goat and not greatest of all time. Chicago the loves ki- to do it to you. They love yeah, to do uh, it to you. They they will fucking kill you, and pretty much anywhere will if you don't have success. I mean, look at look at Joe Madden. He is the most he's the most winningest coach or manager in the in Cubs history, and he got the monkey out their back, won the World Series, all this stuff, and within three years, we were like, get the fuck out of here. You know, a lot of people, I remember back in the day, they were upset with Theo when he didn't give Sandberg the manager job over Dale Swaim. And that was the best thing to happen for Sandberg because, again, he's always going to be remembered as that Chicago hero. We Whereas still if love he would have managed, yeah. Right. If he would have managed, and especially those teams that uh, Swaim had, uh, God almighty, you know what I mean? They would have they been booing Ryan Sandberg, you know what I mean? And that's like you said. In Chicago, it's I, I swear to God, I thought whoever won the World Series, as far as the Cubs, the manager, I thought they would get a 10-foot statue outside of Wrigley Field, and instead he got the boot out the door. Yeah. Yeah. It's, he, yeah. And David and Ross, I, I think he will someday, but right now people aren't. Yeah. As a non-ad-free early Patreon subscriber, you've got to listen to another ad in the middle of this show for Blue Chew. Boner pills, boner pills. Hey, guys, remember the days when you were always ready to go? If you want to increase your performance and get extra confidence in bed, well, listen, bluechew.com. That's blue, like the color you've heard of it. Blue Chew brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, so you know it works. Take them anytime, day or night, full or empty stomach, and since they're chewable, they work twice as fast as a pill. You can be ready whenever an opportunity arises. So benefit from that extra function and more confidence where it counts. Blue Chew's the fast and easy way to enhance your performance. Yeah, I know you talk a good game, but Blue Chew helps you follow through. You know what I mean? Blue Chew is going to be prescribed online, shipped straight to your door, discreet package, no in-person doctor's visit, no waiting in the pharmacy, and best of all, no more awkwardness. They're made in the USA, and since Blue Chew prepares and ships direct, they're cheaper than a pharmacy. Right now, we've got a special deal for our listeners on the Sunranto Show. Visit BlueChew.com and get your first shipment free when you use our special promo code ARMCHAIR. Just pay $5 shipping. Again, that's B-L-U-E-C-H-E-W.com. Promo code armchair. Try it free. Blue Chew is the better, cheaper, faster choice, and we thank them for sponsoring the Sun Ranto Show. Back to the show. And David Ross does know how to succeed in life. You know, like he won the World Series twice. He's been he caught in over 20 postseason game so he was there a lot you know he was there with the Dodgers and Boston twice with Atlanta and obviously with Chicago so like you know he knows what he's doing and he's been working in the front office these are all positives and you know I'm gonna try to accentuate the positive even though it wasn't my first choice I think it was funny that they had to they in their second interviews they had to like have speeches like what did they have to do like mock Press conferences and like staff speeches is what I heard. Well, yeah, so they they were giving a speech to the staff at spring training. So what would it be like? You know, you sit down and you have the guys around you for the first time. Go. What do you say? Hi, my name's David. Hi, David. (laughs) (laughs) Right, but that's because they just wanted to make sure that they that their computer skills. You know, like they could use PowerPoint. They knew how to use an (laughs) an Excel spreadsheet. You know, they they were just checking all that stuff. 
and and Girardi came back with his binder. Um, <laughs> he's like, hold on, hold on, uh, uh, volume two, volume two's coming in just a second. I had to he, had, he had his binder and he had one of those, you know, those uh, projectors, the Pro- light thing. <laughs> oh, the oh, the overhead projector. Yeah, he overhead had, he had projector. Had transparencies yep. and overhead projectors and <laughs> yeah. The other one that they had was they had a mock press conference to make sure that uh, you know you don't pull a Houston Astros. I guess I, you know I don't know. Okay. Uh, yeah. So the the last thing that I really have to say in this it's a it's a, another conspiracy. I don't know if Espada was willing to commit to the job. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You got. Uh, a bird in the hand is worth two in the bush type of a deal. Yeah. Espada is very popular. Other people want him. He can't sign until after the world series anyway. So he's going to, he's going to draw this out a little bit. And if he's got more than one team wanting him, that's going to run the price up. Right. Right. And nobody else wanted Ross. Nobody wants Ross. It keeps his price low, and if we know anything about PK Ricketts, it's all about keeping that price low. Well, I think I've been talking to Michael Cotton for too much because I have my own Cubspiracy here. Ooh, another one. Cubspiracy uh, needs to become a thing. Here's my Cubspiracy here, okay? You are about to launch your network, the Marquee Network, Okay. And when the Cubs season comes, you're going to have to have programming, a lot of programming. You're talking about a, a, a one-team channel. Now, I hear they may have some local sports, but the Cubs are going to be the focus of it. And one thing that's going to be where I just slapped my head when they fired – or I don't say they didn't – they really did fire Joe Madden because yeah, he wanted yeah. to come back. But when they didn't re-sign Joe Madden, Joe Madden – think about the Joe Madden show, how great that would have been, how funny, how he kind of has all these pop cultural references, all that stuff. Now – what has a better ring, the David Ross show or the Joe Espada show? Well, what? and we and we know that Sinclair is not up on the uh, people from south of the border. So, right. So <laughs> when you talk when you talk about David Ross, you know what I mean. You're gonna get you're gonna get more people tuning in. The guys prove that he does well with the media. That he does well on TV. He's been a broadcaster. He danced with the stars and won America's heart and all that oh, stuff. Oh, DWTC. Oh, it's right. Dancing with the Cubs. He's just going to bring old Cubs on and oh, have them dance. Freaking Jay Johnstone out there in a, in a sequined uh, tutu. <laughs> but, but tell me, how many of us would really be interested in tuning into the Joe Girardi show? Like, yeah. other, unless I need to go to sleep at night, that would be the only reason. To be honest, watch, it's all going to be stupid and corny, you know. No, so. I mean, listen, though, Joe Girardi show, that's just all about how you package it. If Joe Girardi is like a grizzled New York detective, I'm in. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't, you know, I don't want to hear him talking to people. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they. It, it. I can see your point, though. Overall, is that uh, they want to bring back somebody to that the fans are familiar with. Because let's face it, it was like I don't know that my whole lifetime up until very recently that the Cubs were basically banking on sentimental fans to fill their stadium with a oh we're lucky if we're five hundred at the All Star break lineup. Um, so it would make sense that, you know, they could just kind of be like, oh, we'll spend a million dollar on David. The fans will be like, oh, look, they did something. And then Cubs convention is going to sell out because David Ross will be back and all of that. Cause oh, yeah, there you go. That's why they haven't announced anything, because they wanted to put David Ross top billing. Not only that, I got it on authority that the we've been waiting, we've been waiting, we've been waiting for any kind of news on CubsCon by midweek next week. Season ticket holders should be getting their emails on hotel packages. All right. So they are going to ride this Dave Ross wave. And let's be honest, Daniel, Danny, when we did the roundtable over at uh, G-Man, you know, it was just like it was like a morgue, you know, or surrounding the park. And, you know, we had a fun time at the event, but people were just kind of down. And people just kind of, you know, the firing of Madden and you got your ass kicked on the last day by the Cardinals. And it, it, and Wilson hugging uh, Joe, saying goodbye, all this stuff. It was just like a depressing downtime. Yeah, it was a funeral. 
And then all of a sudden, next thing you know, I've been looking today, and now people are all jacked up. Oh, I get to bring my David Ross, jer- yeah. you know, jersey out of the closet yeah. again, and it, it's got it, it has fired up the fan base in a way that maybe you know I think for people that are really really into baseball, Joe Espada, you know, is somebody that a lot of people wanted. But for just your average fan, the guys that you want to buy the tickets, the ones CubsCon is not has not sold out the last couple of years. It's been kind of. And this year, I can tell you that it's just I haven't seen a lot of excitement or interest in it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, I'd, I'd, that's why I started throwing the unconventional. I was like, well, this is the same boring shit every year. <laughs> and I'm like, I don't want to do this anymore. I'll go to a little bit of it. And then I want to throw a party with my friends that I've actually made. Because over here, I'm drinking, you know, $10 Budweiser's in, in a sweaty ballroom. And over here, <laughs> I'm playing rock and roll and getting high outside. So, you know, it's a little different. Um, so, uh, well, I think we've said all there is to say we do. It's a, it's a known unknown of how this goes down. I will say this, you know, Anthony Rizzo's fucking happy as fuck about it. And I'm going to say one other thing too here. Joe Espada, David Ross, uh, Joe Girardi, Jesus Christ. It doesn't matter who the manager was. If you don't get better players and you don't get a better bullpen, it really, this is all for naught. I mean, it doesn't matter. I don't know. Jesus could probably do a little bit more with his magical (laughs) ways, you know, from what I've read. The guy you don't don't got a bullpen. You don't got a leadoff hitter. It's not going to matter who's giving the speeches. Jesus could make a leadoff hitter from his hands. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So uh, let's move on to another topic uh, because something else broke today. By the way, Dave Kaplan pretty much broke that story. The Cubs did not. So that's kind of an interesting thing. It was leaked. I love when you go to Cubs.com and it says, per source, Cubs have announced, you know, David Ross is the manager. Cubs.com should not have per Per source. source. Or, you know, like that is, it should just not be there if they're not willing to put it up there. It's an understanding that they cannot, and and, and everybody is going to Cubs.com flocking over there. I don't, I think what a lot of people don't realize is it's very, very frowned upon by the league to break news, have new conference, anything like that, on the day that a postseason game is being played. Uh, with Alex Cora, it happened a few years ago. Same thing. It was a leak. It was not announced by the Red Sox. So the Cubs cannot put up. Uh, it's, it's expected that they do not put anything up. Now, with the traffic that's being driven to the site, then they, ha- you know, they basically have to address it and can't put like you know some BS, whatever they had on there prior to today. But it's really expected that you don't really have anything to do as a team with any kind of uh, communications regarding hires and stuff like that. Right. It should really just be a link to David Kaplan's story rather than rather than, you know, doing their own story and saying, you know, sources are telling us (laughs) it's it's, because if I'm on Cubs.com and it's sources, that source better be fucking Theo. Yeah. (laughs) Well, uh, it's kind of like, uh, I understand what you're saying, Crawley, because it's kind of like the Astros, how they couldn't apologize for being sexist pricks because they had a World Series game that night. So it just wasn't going to work out. <laughs> right. Like, we're a That's little busy. They didn't do it. We're a little busy. We're just going to gas lamp you for a little bit, and then we'll, we'll see where we go. Or gas light. Actually, a gas I, lamp I, is I'm, fine. I'm down with the gas lamp. Yeah. I was just at San Diego. So, uh, so other story is uh, pretty big. It's funny that both and Dave Kaplan dropped this too. KB Chris Bryant, if you don't know who I mean, is contesting uh, being held in the minors uh, that extra what ten days, two two weeks, twelve days, forget what it was. Eleven days, I believe, if I'm remembering correctly, and I'm probably not, but I think it was eleven days. And on the twelfth day, Chris Bryant said, "Give me Chris Bryant." Chris Bryant sued on the the twelfth day. Um. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. It's uh, it would make it's kind of a big deal. I mean, if he wins, his uh, I guess is it a a court kind of thing? Like it, it, it's 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 a grievance case. So he the union filed a grievance, and uh, not to say KB had no part in this, but a lot of this has to do with Scott Boris too. Well, isn't KB um, the union leader for the team? He is now, but this this is what Danny and I were joking about before. This is a cold case. This this comes from 2015. <laughs> this is not yesterday. This is this is 2015. Chris Bryant's rookie year. In fact, they had already solved this whole thing, and then uh, Sarah Koenig started a podcast. Next thing you know, we it's all back up in the news again. 
Right. So this is from 2015. So it's, it's, he, this was something that really was driven by Boris because if you know a Scott Boris, Uber agent has all your, anyone that's like really one of the top players signed with Boris, but there, there's a, there's service time that you acquire and uh, there's a certain amount of time that with young controllable players, they have to have X amount of certain time. And then all of a sudden, once that service time's over, you're looking at then that's when the clock starts for their free agency. Now, usually with kind of most young players, it's not a big deal. But when you talk about your superstars, I, I know the Sox did the same thing with Eloy Jimenez. And I want to say the Blue Jays did the same thing with uh, Vladito, Vladi, uh, Guerrero yeah, Jr. Yeah. It's the same thing is that if you can hold these guys back a little bit, you get one extra year before that they can uh, get on the open market for free agency. Yeah, you, so, know, you know who didn't do this? The Nationals. They brought up Bryce Harper as a 19-year-old, and as soon as he left, they made it to the World Series. So I think they may have, you know, overthought this. Well, you know, it's it's something that – is going to come up in the next collective bargaining agreement. And it's, it's one of those things that it's not, there's so many more bigger issues in baseball. This, this, what happened with Bryant and what happened with Eloy and all the other guys, it's a handful of your top superstars that you do that to every, for the majority of ball players, it really, really doesn't matter that much, but it just becomes an issue now because Chris will not win the case. I can tell you, he's he's not going to win the case. But it will be something that the players are going to fight for when the new CBA comes up. So, you know, when you talk about it, Chris Bryant, it, it, the bad thing about what happened, and this was just this is just classic dumb Cubs luck. If you do, you remember the starting third baseman? Yeah, Mike Olt. Mike Olt. Yes. Yeah. He broke. He got a pitch hit him in the hand, and I can't remember if it was a fin- broken finger or broken wrist something to that degree. And so I, the reason that Chris was not on the opening day roster or the reason given was defense. Yeah, he had, had to work on his defense. Had to work on his defense, but anybody that was out in spring training or who was following spring training knew real clearly that this kid was one of the top Oh, he hit like, what, 12 home runs or was it more? Right, somewhere around there. What and it was. Yeah, and his defense wasn't bad. Well, that's that's the issue that when when you come to the grievance process, which is going on right now, they are meeting. What's going on in this situation here is that the Cubs have to clearly explain why Chris Bryant wasn't one of the top 25, and then the players rep will explain why Chris should have been, and from there then they make a decision. But when you talk about Chris Bryant, uh, Steve Phillips, former GM, uh, was on uh, earlier and had some really good points about this. Chris Bryant, his rookie year was tied for six most errors. Okay, uh, he he was fifteenth out of twentieth as far as range for his third baseman, and he had the seventeenth best fielding percentage. So you can make the argument that he probably did need some work on his defense. Now, does it really matter if it's in the minors or the majors? Probably not at this point. But there's, I, I still don't think he's winning the case. Right, if, and the Cubs, like you say, got lucky that uh, Olt got hurt, and then well, they were actually, able to bring him up. It is actually unlucky that he got hurt because what happened is is the plan was to wait longer so it didn't look as obvious, okay? So now Alt is injured, and then they played a couple other guys in Alt's plates, but they needed a third baseman, so they waited till one day after. So if they would have called him up one day before, then he would, he would have been a free agent after this year. I guess I don't remember season. the other guys playing third base. I thought it was just Alt and then uh, – as soon as he got hurt, then Bryant came I, up. They were I could be misremembering that. They were basically delaying. It was literally one day after. Had they brought him up one day prior, and Alt was already hurt by this point, maybe you're right, maybe I'm misremembering. But either way, he was hurt and injured and trying to play through it, or they had some other guys there. But the point being is the second he was injured, Bryant should have been brought up, right? And they didn't. They waited till exactly one day after his service time would have kicked in for that extra year. So that's that's where it just looks really bad on the Cubs' part because even though they are within their contractual right to do that and they they and other teams do it all the time, you know, when it comes to collective bargaining, they, they do kind of expect you to kind of do it in good faith. And this was just so clear-cut and obvious. Like, there was no difference between waiting one day or two days. Yeah. I, well, I, here's the thing, too. If Bryant does win this uh case somehow which like you said I, I don't believe he will but if he does 
the Cubs better trade him right away. Oh yeah, you're exactly right. And, and and last week you were you were telling me about trading KB, and I was absolutely no, absolutely no. But if now you only have one year, it changes to me the the equation. Then now, and, and not only that, the fact that this is going on right now, and like I said, it's it's the same as arbitration, you know, similar to arbitration process in spring training. When you go through that process, is why GMs don't like going through that process. Is basically you got to tear the guy down in front of him, and so. Do I think Chris Bryant will maybe resign with the Cubs? Now my question is even less. I feel like no, there's no way less. he is. No, because here's the thing. You know, this was the the rule that the Cubs they didn't manipulate anything. They followed the rule. I could see why he'd be pissed because not only did Michael get injured uh, early, but then they had. I'm looking. I just looked it up because it was Tommy Listella played two games at third base as well on April 5th and on April 8th, and there might have been Alcantara in there too, like oh, playing okay. a game. But then, like I believe somebody said, and I can't confirm this. I'm not looking it up. That Listella got injured too, so they did two different guys. Before. That's right. Somebody got hurt, and then he. I knew it was like literally somebody got hurt, and he came up the next day. Yeah, and and so you know, Listella went down. I don't know if Listella got hurt too, but Old definitely did. And you know, the thing is, is that was the rule. And then the Cubs needed him, so that's why he's not going to win this. But I'm just kind of annoyed that he's bringing it up because I'm sorry, that is the rule. If you want to, is if is this posturing for this CBA? It very well could be. He is the the team's union rep, right? Correct. I think so, I think I think it does have to do more with posturing. It and, might not be about it, him. Right. It's not necessarily about this case. It happens all the time. And I think last year when the Sox did it with Jimenez, they went right with Eloy. They they went right to Bryant and asked him about it. And, you know, I think here's the thing. If you read about the Cubs way that the book by Tom Verducci, which if you haven't read it, I recommend everybody. It's a really great book about the 2016 season. But they always talked about how the how Theo and Jed, their reputation is that of being brutally honest. Okay. Uh, of, hey, I'm willing to tell you the truth, even if you like it or you don't like it. This is what is going on. And that players really respected that and appreciated that. And I think with Chris Bryant, he was told, you're going to have a crack at this third base job. Uh, you, you, you will have an opportunity to play yourself for that position. And again, I don't think that Mike Alt or Tommy LaStella had gold glove defense. So if we're just talking about who should have been breaking with that team, if there's no service time involved, Let's just say we're picking the best. Absolutely, to come out it of camp. should have been then, Chris Bryant. He had nine home runs. That I just looked that up too. Nine home runs. That yes, that and, and everybody knew that this was going to happen at some point during that season. I think that Chris Bryant took them at their word that he was going to have an opportunity to play for that spot. He did everything they asked him to do, and it, it, it just again whether the guys got injured or not, they could have easily brought him up. They chose not to. After the alt injury, they could have brought him up, and they didn't. They waited the service time. They played the game, which was well within their rights. But I think, as Chris kind of feels, it just wasn't done in good faith in that regard, is that, hey, man, you know, I did everything you asked. I was promised or told this, and then you guys kind of went back on what you said. And so I can understand why he's pissed off. So, I mean, he knows the consequences of this, so it makes me hate him in that way because it doesn't help the Cubs at all. Him bringing this doesn't help the Cubs. And that's, you know, from my fan perspective, I only care about the Cubs. Like, and, and how many of us thought this was already done? Yeah. Well, that's the thing that bothers me about it more than anything. I, I, you know, we have a text strand that we talk about. I said, you know, the, the investigation into Chris Bryant's grievance is, lasted longer than the Russian Mueller investigation. How is that? <laughs> How is that humanly possible that we're finding out now four years later what's the outcome well, of this? Remember, Why wasn't this done right away? It took the MLB investigators like a year and a half to, to finally figure out what everybody knew about Addison Russell and his dalliances in uh, domestic violence. Dalliance well, probably the wrong word there. But <laughs> but then if that's the case, then it shouldn't have taken that much longer for the Chris Bryant thing. We should have been done with this in 2017. Yeah. Well, you know, they got to cross all the T's, dot the I's. I mean, they're busy juicing baseballs. They have work to do, don't you know? (laughs) These investigators are very busy. Um, Now they're investigating the Astros, so that another three years we should get a a conclusion to that. Some resolution? Yeah. You know, but I wonder, 
if this is still going on, uh, we weren't aware of it. I wonder how much the Cubs were aware of it. Like in the clubhouse, how much that was, you know, something going on. We, we all know that they aren't hanging out anymore. I, I don't think the clubhouse, like, like I said, this really to me is just more about uh, the CBA stuff. That's what it really comes down to. This isn't about Chris Bryant. Chris Bryant is just the poster boy for something that the players have kind of been irritated about for a while, which is holding back young talent so that you can have extra control. Yeah, and but they're within their right to do that. And now that we're going to lose a year of Chris Bryant, and now all of a sudden you're you got a lame duck all star. And- uh, again, I don't think you are going to lose a year of Chris Bryant. I think I think that this is just again to start once the negotiations really start to open up. This is going to be a point that the union brings to the table. Yeah. Well, I still think that the Cubs should trade Chris Bryant in the off season because I think he's worth a ton. Right now, he's and worth a ton more with two years. But yes, I still think, yeah, with with the two years, he's worth a ton more. Uh, you know, that doesn't mean that I will I will like hate the world if he doesn't get traded. I like Chris Bryant. I like you know I like him being on the Cubs. I just would like to see them get something right now when they need something, rather than hang on to him for another year or two. And it's obvious that he's never going to extend with this team. He won't do it. Right. Especially after all this goes out and Theo and Jed are like, ah, Chris sucked in this. In 2016, Chris sucked. Didn't he win the MVP that year? Also kind of lame that, you know, Chris <laughs> Bryant steals. Won the rookie of the year. Oh, rookie of the year. Yeah, my bad. And Chris Bryant stealing some of David Ross's thunder on the same day, too. I'm just kind of like, dude, you just, do you hate the Cubs? Like, what's your fucking deal? Like, Honestly, yeah, it's then, a, it really just kind of puts a bad taste in my mouth about it. As much as <laughs> as much as uh, as I agree that you know maybe there needs to be some changing to the 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 way that the that this is all negotiated. Even if this is just posturing, it still like makes me think you're a dick, you know, yeah. and that you don't care uh, about the Cubs. Uh, that you only you, care you about better, yourself. You better remember, Danny, that that Chris doesn't set the arbitration dates or anything to do with that. Why this broke on the same day, I have no idea. Cap was, like I said, on on fire today. Scoops left, scoops right. But, uh, you know, that he doesn't set the court dates. He doesn't do any of that kind yeah. of stuff. That's the league. Well, we're not going to hear another thing about it for or, or another thing about anything probably for another month and a half. Until, well, like, maybe, maybe the Cubs leaked it to Cap. You know that this is going on to bury the. Yeah, there's another conspiracy to bury conspiracy. the Bryant. No, they they don't want you to think about Chris Bryant because you're just you're too much in love with David Ross today, so you don't think about the KB stuff. Yeah, exactly. It's a it's a conspiracy. Conspiracy. Yeah. Uh, maybe we should steal the unsolved mysteries theme for that. You know, like <laughs> oh, I was thinking uh, X Files. This is way creepier though. This used to scare the shit out of me. It's another conspiracy on the Sun Ranto show. It kind of sounds like the uh, the scary song from Halloween a little bit. Who was the old it dude does. that used to kind of be the host of I'm that, looking uh, at his face right now, Robert Stack. And I have Robert to, Stack. And that's I got, who it was. And I got to say that. Boy, did he have work done back before they knew what they were doing. <laughs> He's like, it's like kind of Kenny Rogers bad here. So, <laughs> yeah, it was Robert Stack, and then you used to have all the actors that would reenact the, the scary things and all that. Yeah, Dude, that was that. my dream. Like it went like it, not my dream, but like it, it's. I, I wanted to move to L.A. And just to be a, a reenactment actor in true crime <laughs> movies and just like be like run in the door and find like your wife dead and be like, no, no. And then all of a sudden you're on trial for the murder, Danny, even though you didn't do it. Danny, you act like that not possible anymore. I think you're just now getting to the age. You'll be the perfect like reenactor, abusive father, serial killer. I mean, yeah. come on. Yeah, ex- Head out there, exactly. Because I'm, yeah. Because it's in your mid forties when you really start to to get <laughs> to get weird in your brain. If, you, you, if you get your break, don't forget Michael Cotton and I. We can play like corpses. Like I can be corpse one, and Michael can be corpse two. Oh, or something. Yeah. <laughs> and I never wanted to do the corpse because you got to spend so much time in hair and makeup. You know, getting the blood all over you and the special effects. Uh, I, I assume they use uh, 
fake blood and not your real blood. Right. Although, you know, maybe these days they find think people to do just about anything. So since they sponsor this podcast, I wanted to uh, reach out to you all again about mybookie.ag. And I'm here on their sports book. And I'm looking at the line for the Nationals versus the Astros. Well, we got uh, Verlander, and he's going up against Strasburg. And once again, Astros are favored, and I see how this can work. I understand it. But, hey, the Astros, nobody likes them anymore because they're sexist bastards, and everybody loves the Nationals now. They're going to sweep the Astros, and it's not even going to be a competitive series. That's how this is going to go on, even though last night was a competitive game in game one. But plus 150 on the Nationals, just go with it. Some magic team. Make some magic money. Go to mybookie.ag right now. Sign up. Use promo code CHAIR. And uh, tell them Sunranto sent you because they sponsor the show and it's very helpful to us. Um, if you never want to hear an ad for MyBookie or Blue Chew or any of the other ads that are actually coming up starting uh, in five days, um, well, uh, just subscribe. It's uh, patreon.com slash sunranto. One dollar gets you your own RSS feed, early and ad-free listening. And it goes a hell of a lot further to helping this show stay on the air than me doing these ads for my bookie and Blue Chew, right? Because basically, your dollar is worth about 100 downloads to me. And uh, so, I don't know, why don't you just save your own time, save your hitting the fast forward button over and over again while I give you some ad and subscribe to us. It's so much a better listening experience. It's actually how we intended the podcast to sound instead of me sitting here trying to sell you uh, gambling and uh, boner pills. So uh, sunranto.com, I mean, patreon.com slash sunranto. Check it out. Thanks. Um, so speaking of, so you got the kangaroo court, uh, for KB and, uh, just thought we'd end with something a little fun. Uh, umpire Joe West, a favorite of this show is, uh, suing former catcher. Maybe some of you guys remember him, Paulo Duca. And that's because of, uh, something that Paulo Duca said on the favorites podcast a while ago in which that basically you could bribe, uh, Billy Wagner. Uh, Lo Duca's teammate with the Mets uh, said that he could uh, br- he could bribe Joe West by letting him borrow his 1957 Chevy so that he would give him the inside corner of the plate during the game. Joe West has disputed this fact, not fact because it's not a fact. D- D- right. Joe West has disputed this accusation at uh, this accusation and countersued uh, because Lo Duca said he was. Uh, you know, that West was responsible for eight or nine of his 15 career ejections. The fact is, Loduca was only ejected eight times in his 11 year career and only once by West. Um, he uh, also uh, said that Joe West was the home plate umpire for a game between the Phillies and the Mets only one time, and Billy Wagner didn't even pitch. So, well, or it wasn't. It, it was the fact that they, I don't. I don't think that Wes was behind the plate. He was at second base, so he never made calls, you know, for or against uh, in that situation against Laduca. Yeah, and and I don't know. I guess Laduca hates him, but it it might have been Paul Laduca talking out of his face. I mean, he's on a. It's called Story Time on this week's Story Time with Paul Laduca. And um, I don't know. Go give it a listen. It's on. Un- it's underneath the favorites podcast or the favorites. I think, pod I think at that Twitter. that story is going to cost him a little bit of money because I don't know. I'm, I'm not. Gonna, I'm, I play a lawyer on TV, but that that it looks like he doesn't. He's he's gonna be in some trouble because again, for for Joe West, as much as we dislike him, his job is about the integrity of the game. And if you're gonna sit there and question that, you better have some damn good solid proof on that. Yeah. And and uh, the lawsuit says that West has suffered unspecified damages from statements that impugn his integrity, honesty, and professional fitness. Well, yeah, fitness, that's not true. fitness, and Joe West don't really go together. <laughs> though. I mean, come on now, right? Yeah, I I made the joke that you'll never find the money trail because Joe West only takes payment in sandwiches, <laughs> and apparently business is good. Yeah, it's just it's just a trail of uh, pot belly wrappers. <laughs> is really what it is. Um, so I don't know. I mean, uh, 
you know, just thought I'd share that news with everybody. We all love Country Joe on the show, hopefully. And fuck Paulo Duke if he's out there lying, making up shit about Joe West. There's plenty of things to make fun of Joe West about without lying about the guy. You know, one of the one of my all-time, I guess, kind of shocking moments from the uh, John Baker day was John Baker's uh, full approval of uh, Joe West, how much he loves Joe West. Yeah, he says he's honest, he's fair, he knows the rule book better than anybody else. He tells it like it is, and he sings country music. I mean, I think we all love Joe West for the same reason. <laughs> I mean, well, I mean, well, love is maybe too strong of a word, but, um, well, uh, the last thing I want to say is, unless you guys have any Cubs news to add, do you want Pedro Stroke back? He does. <laughs> so he wants no, to- I, no, but I went out and I looked up a, uh, a Cubes fan. Oh, this you got a TFC, huh? I, I do actually have a I PFC, might have one too. I didn't know if we were going to do that, but. Yeah, no, I, I might have one too after I look through all my screenshots of, uh, of, uh, I don't know, fake tickets for the World Series. I've been trying to find you for Johnny. (laughs) So, yeah, go ahead. You got something? Yeah, so Christopher Kamka writes, uh, David Ross will be the fourth Cubs manager who also played for a Cubs World Series champion. The other three, Joe Tinker, managed 1916. Johnny Evers, managed 1913 and 1921. And Frank Chance, managed 1905 to to 1912. And Ruster John says, well, he just wrecked the poem. (laughs) I thought that was fun. Yeah. Little tinkers to Evers to chance. Yep. Nobody knows the rest of that poem. You know what I mean? Everybody's just like, oh, yeah, the old poem. And then you're like, like, fucking say it then. Nobody fucking knows it. They're like... they use Grand Fallon Balloon or some shit during the poem. I've read it a number of times, but... Yeah, because didn't you name your kids Tinkers or something like that? <laughs> no, my uh, my children's middle names are Evers and Chance, and my dog's name is Tinker. That's yeah. awesome. And now you got to get a Ross. Um, <laughs> yeah, it, yeah I, Ross. I'll read it for you. Um, I just found it. Uh, these are the set. It's actually not called Tinkers, Evers, Chance. It's called Baseball Sad Lexicon. Yeah, and it's actually a lament by a... New York Giants beat writer. It has nothing. It technically has not like it wasn't about the Cubs. All right. He goes, these are the saddest of possible words. Tinkers to Evers to Chance. Trio of bear cubs and fleeter than birds. Tinkers and Evers and Chance. Ruthlessly pricking our gonfalon bubble. Oh, the gonfalon bubble, not balloon. Yeah. A gonfalon is a pennant or flag. So... (laughs) Why don't they use it anymore? Like, raise the gonfalon! From now on, Sun Ranto Show, we will only say gonfalon. I hope we win the gonfalon this year. (laughs) Or even when we get to September and we get to the gonfalon race. Oh, yeah. The gonfalon gonfalon race. race. (laughs) Dude, I I smell... uh, We're going to beat obvious shirts. There's your complicated t-shirt. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just here for the gonfalon. (laughs) (laughs) So... Uh, so I, I got to go back to that line to make the next slide rhyme. Ruthlessly pricking our gonfalon bubble, making a giant hit into a, a double. Uh, I think he meant double play. See, fuck this poem. Into sucks. a double, right. No, it's, hey, hey, roll with him. It's poetry. Hitting now. a double and hitting into a double play are very different things, Michael. Cupster no, uh, Thomas doesn't write poetry this terrible. It sounds like Mike Shannon wrote it. I don't know. <laughs> Cubster Domus wouldn't have even tried to make that thing rhyme. Yeah, he wouldn't. Well, then he's got a third bubble rhyme. He goes, words <laughs> words that are heavy with nothing but trouble, tinkers to Evers to chance. Then, of course, this was before uh, uh, Barney Rubble was a character, so he didn't make it in. So, Well, and that was Deadball era, so people didn't even know what a double was. <laughs> exactly. You couldn't even hit it that far. It was just station to station. Yeah. Unless, of course, the uh, drunken fans outside the outfield rope got involved in the game and <laughs> started started beating the opposing uh, left fielder to death with a, with a, uh, a gonfalon. <laughs> a gonfalon stick. <laughs> a gonfalon stick. <laughs> oh, shit. Well, there's the name of our show. <laughs> People would be like, I thought this was going to be about David Ross. They're talking about Godfalons. Godfalons, dicks. Just 
After they Google what a gonfalon is. Yeah, <laughs> let, let them figure it out. That's not our never mind. So, um, yeah, there's a, I guess there's, it's a short show. There's still nothing to talk about except Cubs. They have a new manager, and it's somebody we already know. It's David Ross. So, hooray, I mean, go Cubs. You could, you could call it a short show, or you could call it the length the show should be. <laughs> it's probably longer than most people's show. Because every podcast from Corey Friedman to Sarah Sanchez is recording right now, and I guarantee their podcasts are 20 minutes long. Right. <laughs> and ours are longer. An hour. So uh, there you go. Uh, I bid you all a fine spagog. Spagog! Spagog. Oh, yeah! Grandpa! Grandpa's getting down. Having fun, dancing with the stars now. Dance shoes, replacing his cubby blue. A World Series win, Rossi is dancing. Can he beat Charo and Mr. T? Don't let them kick him off. Vote for Ross! David Ross! David Ross! Two-step and boogie-woogie Two ballet jitterbug and contemporary Who knew all the dances Ross can do Bet he'll look real sexy in a tutu Can he beat Charo and Mr. T? Don't let them kick him off Vote for Ross! David Ross! David Ross David Ross Yeah, he's dancing a little cha-cha tonight Ross is such a twinkle toes And you know Rizzo's watching it Ross getting down, kicking his legs, then judges feedback. Ross dancing, Ross prancing, watch his little rear end move now. Jiving, jigging, ball change kicking, popping, locking, you can't stop him now. David Ross, David Ross, David Ross. David Ross David Ross David Ross I want to tell you a story It's a story about a scandal Broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money Corporate rivalry And a broom A performance-enhancing broom My name is John Cullen I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate, how a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word, Broomgate. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com match. 
Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So, what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. Welcome to Fail Better, David Duchovny's new podcast with Lemonada Media. On Fail Better, David, who has experienced both low- and high-profile failures throughout his life, explores the vast world of failure, how it holds us back, propels us forward, and ultimately shapes our lives. Each week, he'll chat with guests like Ben Stiller, Bette Midler, and more about how our perceived failures have actually been our biggest catalysts for growth, revelation, and even healing. Through these conversations, he hopes listeners can learn how to embrace the opportunity of failure and fail better together. Fail Better is out now wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Bite clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. I normally find bras to be so uncomfortable and constricting. But Skims has changed that. You know I love Skims underwear, so I finally tried their bras, and Skims has delivered again. Skims bras are worth the hype for the amazing shape and support they give, but what I wasn't expecting was how comfortable they are too. I've tried so many bras in the past, and the main issue that I have is that they weren't supportive enough, to the point where they felt slouchy. I love my Skims wireless form bra because it's so comfortable and supportive. The older I get, the more I care about actually being comfortable in what I wear every day. And with my wireless form bra, I no longer have to sacrifice my comfort for the support I need. Shop Skims Bras at skims.com, now available in 62 sizes, 30A to 46H. Plus, get free shipping on all orders over $75. If you haven't yet, be sure to let them know we sent you. After you place your order, select Podcast in the survey, and select our show in the drop-down menu that follows.